Welcome to the podcast series presented by the Bi Scholars Student Council in search of a happier you. In a world of inaction, overpromising and underdelivering, every second man claims himself to be an entrepreneur. And thus, one might ask, who is an entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is someone who thinks outside of the box. An entrepreneur is someone who's happy to work while all others are out partying. An entrepreneur's drug is success and he is addicted to success. And finally, an entrepreneur knows one simple fact. I will make it, maybe not immediately, but absolutely and definitely. And we are here today to motivate the entrepreneur in you. Hi everyone, my name is Simran Ajwani and I'm currently an aspiring student in year 11 who is passionate about business, innovation and fashion. I'm also the Director of Entrepreneurship and Innovation for this academic year. And with me, I have Neil Dakan, who is the Head of Entrepreneurship. He has a keen interest in studying business, accounts, maths and ICT. Today, there are more than 400 million entrepreneurs around the world. That means one in every 18 people owns a business. So what will make you unique? Is this the right path for you? Let's get a better insight from our guest speakers. I must say that aside from the honor it is to have Pretty Malik join us today, we're also super excited and look forward to conversing with her. She is currently the co-host of Virgin Radio's Chris Page show, has achieved a lot and is definitely a role model for us. Pretty, would you like to tell us more about yourself? Well, what an intro. Good job, Simran. That was really, really good. Thanks for having me. This is super cool. Um, Well, yeah, I'm a radio girl. I've been doing this for a very, very long time now. Um, I got into radio, well, broadcasting really when I was about 17 in high school. How old are you? We're currently 15. 15, so not too far off from where, where you are. Um, that's when I had my first radio internship in my senior year of high school, which is 12th grade in the States. Um, and I kind of realized then that this is exactly what I want to be doing. So in college, I majored in broadcast journalism. And um, yeah, and I worked really hard during college as well, did a lot of different internships. I was part of the radio station at our university, um, which was not only campus radio, but it was actually a real radio station, a community radio station for the town the university was in. And I graduated in 2007 and I realized quickly that getting a job in New York City, which is where I'm from, was very difficult for newcomer because New York City is kind of where people go after, you know, giving 20, 30 years in their career and then they end up in New York City. So I was like, well, no one's really going to hire me on air. And I was really determined to get a job on air, not in the back end, not in the production. I really wanted to be on either on the radio or on TV. And that's when I ended up in Dubai. Um, I got the job when I was in New York, um, I never expected to get the job here. I really just did it as a shot in the dark and it worked out and I thought I'd be here for a year, but I've been here now for 12 years. So yeah, here I am. (laughs) Wow, that's great. Looks like you've got tons of experience we could definitely use some help from. As students, I think many of us can be confused about what we wish to pursue in the future and whether or not it's the right decision. 
In your case, you initially wanted to be a lawyer but transitioned into working in the media industry. What brought about this change and how did you know that this is what you wanted to do? So up until I was about probably your age, about 15, 16 I'd say, um, yeah about 15 I'd say, I wanted to get into law because I really couldn't think of, honestly I couldn't really think of anything else where I fit in. I'm not a business person, I'm not into like all that corporate level type job. Um, I'm not into medicine. I quickly realized that in my first bio class when we had to do our first bio lab. I was like, this is not for me. Um, and I was like, well, I guess I'll do law because I love talking. That was my justification for doing law. I love talking. And so, um, so have you, there's a place in New York City called Times Square. If you've not heard of it, I'm sure you've heard of it. But that's where the MTV studios are. And it was literally a live count video countdown show. And one of the days we had a half day in school. So we said, let's go into the city today and let's walk around Times Square. I think one of the Harry Potter people were on as a guest or something. So we're like, let's go and see if we can get onto MTV, right? And they would always have like a bunch of people standing on the sidewalk outside the studio and you can wave at the window and sometimes they'd come down and ask you a question. So we were just, you know, excited about it. And at the time, uh, one of the, the presenters on MTV came down. Her name is Hillary Burton. If you know the show One Tree Hill, she plays Peyton Sawyer. So she was one of the people on that show and she came down and she was doing like a whole piece to camera. And I was just watching her do this and I was like, wow, that's incredible. And it was literally a light bulb moment for me where I went, that is what I want to do. That needs to be me. I need to be Hillary. And immediately when I got home, I started like researching what all these people on MTV News, like what do they do in college to get to where they are? And I realized they majored in broadcast journalism. So I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I knew in that moment, but I think there's a lot of pressure sometimes to kind of know really early on what you want to do with the rest of your life. And I feel like it's not right because at 15, you're deciding what you want to do at the age of 45. And you're going to be two completely different people when you're at 15 and when you're at 45. So the way, the, the best advice that I can give is if you already know, like in your heart of hearts, that this is what I want to do, that's fantastic. For those who are still kind of searching for what they want to do, the best thing you can do, I feel, is college or high school. Like, take classes. You know, I took an economics class and I knew that wasn't for me. I did, you know, a bio, we had to take bio and chem and all that stuff. But in the process of taking those classes, I kind of eliminated. I was like, okay, well, this isn't for me. And that's how I knew in college, I had a lot of friends who were undeclared majors, which means they haven't decided what they want to major in. And they just took a bunch of different classes. They took poli sci classes. They took psych classes. They took, um, you know, business classes and they kind of figured out that way what they want to do. So I feel like don't be afraid to try something and fail at it and realize this isn't for me. But if you really, really know, if you can picture yourself doing this for, you know, the next 20, 30 years, then cool, go for it. That's great advice for our students. Really inspiring and motivating at the same time. You really need to just go for it at times, which brings me to my next question. 
As an entrepreneur, one constantly has to take risks and you've made so many vital decisions along your way. So, how important do you think it is to just adopt the go-for-it decision-making ability and how does one bring about that rather essential quality? You know what? Your gut feeling oftentimes, I'd say 9 out of 10 times, is totally right. How many times have you... It could be the simplest thing as should... I don't know, should I wear red or black? And your gut feeling is telling you to wear red, but you end up wearing black and you realize later, I should have gone with the red. So I feel like your gut really does tell you, like that inner feeling really does say, this is the right decision, go for it. You know, I was 22 when I moved to Dubai. And I think if I were to, if I were to be presented with the same decision now, I would not have moved because I would have overthought it. And I think when you're younger, you have the advantage of taking risks more often because I feel like as you get older, you tend to take in more information and then you're like, oh, well, it doesn't seem logical. And I feel like when you're younger, you're just more bold. And I think that's what it was. Like when I got the job offer, I seriously did not even think twice. I had not even been to Dubai. Like I came here when I was three because I had family here, you know, like I had never even been to this place and I'm ready to pack up my things and move. And my family were like, are you crazy? Like I'm the kind of person who said I would never even leave the city. Like I would never even leave New York City, forget going to another state, forget going to another country. So I think it's important to trust yourself and to trust your instincts. They really do guide you in the right way and you know what if you end up making a mistake that's experience like how are you gonna know how to deal with these things if you don't fail once in a while you know very well said pretty this actually leads me to my next question regarding failure i think we all come across a point in our lives where we think we've not made it and society generally labels or calls it failure In your opinion, to what extent do you think encountering failure is required for personal growth? And have you ever faced any instances where you went through any sort of difficulty in becoming the inspiring woman you are today? We're far too kind. Um, Listen, I think failure is a part of life. If you don't have people telling you no, then you, you lose the hunger, you lose the determination. If everyone's telling you yes all the time, then you're like, this is easy, this is a piece of cake. But that's not the reality of the situation, you know? Um, Once you leave your bubble of your friends and family, you're gonna have people that don't know you, that don't know Simran like your friends and family do. So if Simran is not delivering what she needs to deliver at work, she's gonna be told off. She's gonna be like, "Their, their boss is gonna come to you, Simran, and say, you are not doing a good job. If you don't do better, we will fire you. And then, If you've never had to deal with that before, you're not gonna know what to do with that. And I think those things are really important. I remember I was interning at ABC in college, which is a network in the States, major network in the States. I was working for a show called 2020 with Diane Sawyer. And as I was leaving and saying goodbye, I had an amazing time on my internship. I learned so much. It was amazing. It was getting close to graduation time for me. And I was saying goodbye to everyone who worked in the office, going around saying goodbye. And you know, As you get close to graduating, of course, the question is always like, oh, what are you going to do after you graduate? 
So I was talking to a lot of people and then one producer came up to me and said, hey, it was great having you. What do you want to do? Like, what are you thinking after graduation? And I said, well, I want to be on air. Like I'm going to be somewhere on air, whether it's on TV or radio, I'm going to make it on air. And I remember her saying to me, you're not going to make it on air. I think you should look at another plan. And I was like, what? What do you mean I'm not going to make it? Of course I'm going to make it, you know, like, and that was probably the first time someone really bluntly said that to me, like, you are not going to make it. You know, all this time I've had all these amazing mentors in my radio career thus far, helping me, guiding me, molding me into the radio presenter that I am. And this woman goes, you're never going to make it. And that was it. That was it. I was like, you wait and watch. I'm going to make it on air. And I was determined. But you know what? That no gave me the determination and hunger to push forward even more. So I think it's really important to fail sometimes, but it's about how you handle it, how you accept it, how you use it. If you fail and then you say, I'm going to quit, then there's no point. Then you might as well, I don't know, sit at home. But if you're willing to fail and use that and power it into strength and move forward, I think that's, that's the key. It's about how you handle the failure, not necessarily the failure itself. So true. As they say, try and fail, but never fail to try. And that's exactly what you did by taking your first job at 17 years of age when you were a student just like us. Do you think students should wait till a certain age to become an entrepreneur? or start their own business? No, why does that ha need to have an age limit? As long as you are good at what you're doing, why not, you know? One of my first jobs was a volunteer at a hospital in a maternity ward mm -hmm. at the age of like 14. I learned very quickly then, I am not gonna be a doctor. <laughs> like I am not gonna be at a hospital. I couldn't do it, I couldn't deal with it, but I got my volunteer hours, I did it, I stuck it out, I did what I had to do. But I knew then that that wasn't the environment for me. You know, it's if you are presented with an opportunity, take it. Because because I started working in radio in 17, I got a job working as a newsreader in Dubai at 22. When I first got here, I was the youngest on the team. Everyone looked at me like, is she an intern? Because I was so young. But it was because I already had the experience. I had already learned how to do all the things that I needed to do to get to a point. Was I amazing? Probably not at that point because I was still fresh, but I had experience under my belt, which gave me one leg up to the person who was applying for the same thing, you know? So I don't, age is not a number. If you have the smarts, if you have, if you have the guidance, if you have an opportunity, take it. It doesn't matter how old you are. Now, for obviously, I won't say to someone like go work in a heavy duty garage fixing cars at the age of 14, you're probably not qualified to do that. It obviously depends on what it is, but there's no reason why if you're into engineering and mechanics, you can't be at a garage and kind of see what they're doing and try to learn from it, you know? So I don't think age is a number at all. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think anyone should ever turn down the opportunity to learn. Thank you so much once again for joining us today and giving us the opportunity to learn. Oh, thank you for having me. I hope you guys had um, fun. Well, fun or learned <laughs> something. Yeah, I'm certain we all learned something from your wonderful experiences. That's awesome. Well, 
Take care. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. That was an informative yet interesting talk with Preeti Malik. Moving on to our second guest speaker of the day, Ms. Chanchal Sirohi, a teacher here at Dubai Scholars itself. Ms. Chanchal, would you like to further introduce yourself? I'm an educator for more than 20 years now and proudly associated with Dubai Scholars as business and economics teacher. It had been an exciting journey for over these years. I started my career as a management graduate with an MNC where I worked in the marketing department and it was a fresh start or I would say a very good start as this company was the first to manufacture fully automatic cars in India. However, after moving to Middle East, I discovered my passion for teaching. I used my management skills to establish an international school in Saudi Arabia and where I worked as a teacher and head of school. Being with young minds, I realized how life is different in those years and being with them always kept me happy. So I decided to pursue this career in education. After moving to UAE, we landed in Dubai. I joined Dubai Scholars and it was a tremendous learning experience. Over these years, I have strengthened my knowledge of understanding learners, the curriculums, different pedagogies, and it's amazing to see how teaching and assessments have evolved over this period of time. I'm a firm believer of lifelong learning, so I decided to pursue an education degree. I enrolled with the University of Bath and I've spent three summers pursuing my master's in education, which has now been completed. And it has given me an insight on global education and the current learning practices and pedagogies to meet the demands of new dynamic learner. Wow, miss. Looks like in your case, experience is the teacher of all things. Miss Chanchal, according to you, what is innovation? What is innovation? I have asked this question time and again in my classes from the various students. And I get a lot of expressive phrases. But in my mind, I would say it's an idea. Yes, it's an idea. However, just having an idea is not enough. So I would extend it to an idea which when executed and implemented solves a problem. Yes, that's very important. Are we solving a problem? Are we having a method or something that we are thinking can solve a problem? So I always tell my students that innovation is not something very big. You don't have to do something very big. Rather, it could be some very small creative idea which can improve your life. As simple as how you can improve your learning skills or how can we innovatively design the seating arrangement of our class. It can be as simple as that. So innovation is that idea which can solve a problem and can be implemented. That was some useful information. According to you, what is the greatest asset of an entrepreneur and why do you think so? The greatest asset of an entrepreneur, I think, is his belief 
in his innovative idea, which is creative, can be implemented to provide solutions or add value. It is his belief which will make him optimistic and resilient and help him to improvise always until he succeeds. So improving lives and having that belief that I can do it is the greatest asset of an entrepreneur. Yes, believing in yourself is the first step to success. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your valuable knowledge, which was definitely pleasing to hear. Last but not least, Let's end with a short piece of advice from our guest speakers. One thing I'll definitely say is I know high school can sometimes seem daunting. A lot of people may love it. A lot of people may not like it, but enjoy every moment that you can because you're definitely going to miss it when it's gone. And that makes me sound old, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) These past minutes have been completely inspirational, mind-blowing and stunning. In addition, we would like to thank the guest speakers from the bottom of our hearts for taking an immense effort and their valuable time to pass on what they have learned as well as to motivate our future entrepreneurs and innovators. Not only are we extremely honored, but today I'm certain we all have learned something new because learning doesn't have an end. Thank you for joining us on this special day and we assure you that today's discussion will have allowed creativity, innovation and entrepreneurship to thrive in your minds. And always remember to believe in the power of you. Because if you win, you can lead. But if you fail, you can guide. Thank you for listening. Have a great morning, afternoon, or evening. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Tune in back tomorrow for a new topic, new guest, and new podcast. Until then, stay home and stay safe.